0: You've worked hard for your money. That's why Network Health designed a Medicare medical savings account plan
1: to help you control your health care dollars. Visit NetworkHealth.com MSA today.
0: Network Prime is an MSA plan with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Network Health Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio network. Radio network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's
0: up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight.
1: Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling?
0: Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Sergeant for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that
1: subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz Buzz guys, my name is Kate Rizzi of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And,
0: listening and you're listening
1: and you're listening and you are listening and you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up everybody? This is Katie Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio.
0: Hey, everyone, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, So Cal Val. You are listening to the Game Changer Podcast, sending lots of love from California. Mwah.
1: Bold prediction Goldie's coming home ladies and gentlemen welcome to this edition of the game changer network part of wrestle addict radio i am nate the effing great and i'm being joined here by the johnny gargano to my tommaso Ciampa. he's back baby yes i'm being joined here by the prime minister of canada right now that being the one and only the very wonderful fabulous mr Fretz. if that
0: makes the gargano uh are you gonna like go heal on me or something or what's going on
1: here We're, we'll cross <laughs> that bridge when we get me, to it
0: it is me it is the prime minister of Russell attic radio your favorite canadian mr fritz at the legendary jf on twitter and instagram uh dude i'm in a great mood there's a whole lot of great wrestling the leafs won their season opener last night after having a really, really crappy start to their game, and you know, other stuff going on has uh, has gotten better. I think you you know what I mean. I'm not going to get into it here. And yeah, what what a crazy week! <laughs> My goodness, where
1: did we start? Well, we can start off with the fact that um, well the well if we want to talk about crazy, we have to mention the fact the Joker movie is actually premiering tonight as we're recording this. So for those of you that are looking for a little craziness, definitely check out this you know new take on the Joker, but don't go too crazy because we've seen what that happens and let's just say the news does not need to get too involved with that. Anyway, uh, honestly it's been a very unique set of wrestling shows this past week. We are going to be talking about Raw, going to be talking about not SmackDown, but NXT and AEW, which I just got done watching both shows. Oh my god, so much to talk about with this. Um, as well as talking about some of the independent shows. And we're actually going to be bringing back the nice reviews that we've done in the past. We're bringing them back to WrestleLotic Radio as well as here on the Game Changer Podcast. Kicking it off with 1998's Halloween Havoc. Oh boy, howdy, do I have so much to say about this event. But we're going to get into that a little bit later on. So we got to start off talking with the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. First of all... WWE, why in the hell have you not made a Brock Lesnar, I don't give a shit about your kid's shirt yet? Because that is money at this point, especially after what took place on Raw this past week. Brock Lesnar, he came out to interrupt Rey Mysterio, basically just to say, yeah, I'm just going to beat him up, and then grabs Dominic, to which everybody was happy to see, at least a good majority of them, I'm pretty sure that... Fuck you, Slack was definitely one of those people that was hoping for that too. And Dominic and Ray both just got their shit wrecked by Bork, Bork, Bork. huh this uh, this was tough to watch at some points, but it did create for a memorable moment. And I actually said this on my Twitter that the fact that you know they did the whole ambulance deal, we've seen that before. One thing we don't see that much, uh, especially in WWE, is Rey Mysterio really making that whole entire deal feels so real real to the point where he gets on the ambulance he actually took his mask off while he was in the ambulance tosses it to the side you don't see his face you always see like maybe like the side of his head or something like that but you don't see his face still it's literally one of those things where it's like this feels legit real how Dominic just took so many good bumps from Brock Lesnar so many Sponsor it's like, oh god, no! Let's this kid needs to have a future. Leave him be. It was a hard thing to watch, but it created for that real moment at the end. That's one of the things I love about professional wrestling is that they can tie in certain points to make them look so real that you forget that it is all scripted. Yeah, uh, Walter Junior. I mean. Dominic Guerrero, I
0: mean Dominic Mysterio. Uh, <laughs> that, that kid can take a bump. I mean, I know he he's, he's training to be a wrestler right now. I don't know exactly how much experience he has, but I thought that this, um, well, this angle was going to go somewhere else, you know, like heel turn way. But I think. We are starting to set up like a retirement type match between Ray and Dominic, maybe at WrestleMania. Like that's just my uh, fantasy booking or bold prediction. Uh, shout out to Mr. Warren Hayes for that one. Um, yeah, that, that's the road I think it's going to go. Uh, it just kept going. Like, like I thought it was going to stop at some point and Then, okay, Brock's going back. Okay, uh, Hail Mary. Rest in peace, you two. Oy. Uh, I haven't seen if Easter uh, reacted to, to this at all, as I know she's a very busy lady. So uh, she's probably very happy about her beastie. And <laughs> by, the, by the time you all hear this, uh, SmackDown will have taken place. And oh, what if we see... I might be flip flopping on my WWE title pick again, but I, mm, I think he could be the champ uh, by by the time we all hear this. So, boy, and that stage, that that Tron and like the ramp stage, it kind of looks like a um, bit of a half pipe. I was I was uh, predicting in my mind that uh, we were going to see, you know, like, oh, Tony Hawk is. Ancient by now because uh, his game came out twenty years ago last month. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One, classic. But I was <laughs> thinking, uh, who was using the skateboard at all? Uh, was it Darby Allen that was using the skateboard at all? Yep,
1: out? yep it was Darby I was, Allen.
0: I was, I was thinking, Darby Allen's going to come out and skateboard off of that thing, do like a nine hundred or a cap flip
1: or something. Honest to God, if he were to do that, I could see him just totally wrecking that entire stage by just putting nails at the end not the thumb thumbtacks but like legit nails at the bottom of the uh, of the bottom of the skateboard just to be like yeah we're starting a war what now <laughs> but we're taking a instead of a tank it's a skateboard yes and honestly you guys one thing that was really weird was that I think oh gosh there was a match that followed up after this whole entire ordeal and literally sirens went off and all I was thinking to myself was is Scott Steiner making his return to WWE? Holy shit. Uh, we did not get that. That was those, that was one of those things where it's like, oh, that would be amazing. But uh, don't worry, we're going to be talking about Scott Steiner a little later on down the line. Um, honestly, as far as for like a season premiere of Raw, for the most part, nothing really too eventful. Although, we have to talk about this because I... Made a joke about this. I said, "Oh, hey, Hogan and Flair are going to be appearing at Crown Jewel. Hey, look, we're probably going to get Hogan and Flair at we're gonna we're gonna fight each other. Team Hogan versus Team oh, Flair." Oh God, the people that have said that—it's like really? Why? No. Um, but yeah, they made the announcement on Miz TV that it's going to be Team Hogan versus Team Flair at Crown Jewel, and all I thought to myself was. I was just kidding about. Damn it, just damn it. Um, we interrupt WWE twenty nineteen to bring
0: you TNA Lockdown
1: twenty ten. Oh god. Oh boy. Yeah, let's let's relive that glory day. Yeah. Um, the only thing that we know so far about uh, Team Hogan and Team Flair is uh, team captains. Those are the ones that are kind of solidified right now. Uh, Team Hogan will be captained by Seth Rollins, the Universal Champion, but he might not be come Sunday, which we are going to make our predictions. I almost forgot about that. (laughs) So much to talk about. Um, Oh, yeah! Gosh, damn it. Um, And also, the team captain for Ric Flair will be Randy Orton. And honestly, that reaction where... Flair doesn't even get like two words out and then Randy Orton's music hit and he just starts chucking it up. I was like, oh, damn it. We got got Flair having Orton on his team again. Yay. We got Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Wait a minute. Randy Orton, Seth Rollins. Feud. Epic RKO. I'm totally okay with this. I'm totally okay with them being team captains. That's about as far as I'm okay with this. Because later on down the line we see King Corbin comes out. I guess he's a part of Team Flair. We'll just assume that with a giant question mark. Um, And also, Rusev came out to attack uh, Orton and Corbin. It looks like he's going to be a part of Team Hogan as well. Then we get into probably the lower points of the show. So, during a backstage interview, Rusev is asked, oh, well, you know, we want to know what's going on with Lana. Doesn't say anything. So it's like, Okay, is he going to like the silent Bulgarian deal again or something like that? Okay. It just was a really awkward moment. And then he talks about wanting a universal championship match against Seth Rollins, since Seth Rollins will not be fighting Rey Mysterio. Which is like, okay, I'm okay with I'm okay with Seth Rollins versus Russo. That's fine. We get to the matchup. Um good it's good to start off, but then we had lashley's music hitch which oh my god the destroyer lashley is back again holy shit this is awesome then we see him doing like this weird deal for like t- a minute of him being like oh i present this i present this i present this it's like okay, what what's going on what what the heck and then we see lana come out and it's like what and just as soon as two lips meet each other we already get bad flashes from the great storyline that had Rusev and Dolph Ziggler. It's WWE. me! Uh, WWE. Why must you deface their relationship? Yes, we know they're married. Yes, we know it's a storyline. But you've done this crap already. Just, just why? Plus, I'm also kind of curious what uh, Lashley's wife thinks at this point. But. Nah, my opinion doesn't matter when it comes to that relationship. Although I will say this, major shout out to Jeff Pomacchio for his uh, great episode this past week for uh, Nacho Mama Soap Opera, and hopefully he had a fun time at AEW's uh, Dynamite show this past week. Uh, Yeah, I mean, definitely there's moments where you see the relationship deals like, okay, this is different, this is nice, but again, Rusev and Lana, they've been on this path before. Are they going to get, like, a divorce in, like, in, like, this realm now or some shit? I don't know. Also, how many times can we see the whole deal where Lana and Lashley are kissing? It's one of those things where it's like, this is this is weird for me. Lashley's a destroyer. He's not a lover. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Oh, boy. Oh, got a crack welcome in a cold one. Oh, yes, because well, there's... Yeah.
0: Let me just say that when I saw this, it angered me greatly because infidelity is something I take very seriously, even if it's a storyline. Mm-hmm. And the word that I chose to use this got me locked off of Twitter for 12 hours. Really? Yes. <laughs> and uh, let me just say that it's, it's a word that's a garden tool that has an R in the middle of it and a W and an H. Wow. <laughs> yeah twitter locked me up for 12 hours for using that for using the word or wow so i learned my lesson
1: <laughs> we live in a and, time and age um, where people are hypersensitive and apparently so is twitter
0: yeah maybe someone saw that and clicked i'm gonna report that but hey no i learned my lesson i won't do i won't do that again and and um, wow that storyline stunk and uh uh, I was just looking in our uh, WrestleLite radio um, group chat, and I think it was um, either Bones or D- uh, Cost put up a picture of, uh, or maybe it would have been Kate Murphy too, but they put up a picture of, you know, Lana and uh, Lashley, like, m- macking out, and then Dolph Ziggler right below, and then someone's like, it should have been me! Like, don't remind me of 2014, 2015, 16, whenever the heck that was. But that ending. And it seamlessly, like, just plowed, not pun intended, right into The Fiend. Just like, like Doo, do, 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 do. Then just bam, there comes The Fiend. It's like, that was seamless. It was weird. I hated one part. I loved the other. What the hell was
1: that? You know, dude, I honestly just have no fucking idea this was one of those things where it just uh, i infuriates me because we've seen this shit before but the fact that you know honestly i thought that this was gonna be a distraction to set up for rusev getting uh the mandible claw but no they went right for seth Rollins. so it's kind of like okay you know they're, they're at least capitalizing on the whole deal that they have going on for sunday um but, yeah, I, I don't understand this, dude. But, I mean, what could be worse than this? Well, we had Lacey Evans versus Natalia. I stand corrected. It got, oh, oh you, you
0: you nasty. At least I didn't try
1: to apply the structure to this time. Oh, Jesus. I am very oh, grateful we get- didn't see that.
0: I'll get my lawyers on the case to fight that speeding ticket I got in Edmonton while I sit on my porch sipping my sweet tea. <laughs> this, this
1: is gonna be this is gonna be like so, like Southern Canadian bell, Mrs. Fretz right now <laughs> anytime you do that voice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't so, don't ever stop. I hate my southern Ontario accent. <laughs> But yeah, this was this was a forgettable matchup. I had a feeling that it was probably going to be like on a raw uh, before Hell in the Cell, which makes so much sense. Um, but yeah, there was just not so much. There's nothing really eventful going on with this. It's just another thing. It was like, oh, Lacey Evans won. Great, just just great. I I guess. Um, honestly, other than that, there really wasn't too much eventfulness that took place. Other than a really good matchup between the OC and the Viking Raiders. I mean, those guys are really putting on clinics right now. So I'm totally fine with that. Um, oh, no, I, I can't say that. We also had a U.S. title match between Cedric and AJ Styles. That was good. That was that was a good matchup. Uh, the Funhouse was wild. Oh, my. Oh, my. The Firefly Funhouse. I definitely do want to talk about that. So... We are familiar with, you know, dark humor. We kick off with probably one of the darkest jokes that we could have, where we have, you know, Sister Abby, she's kind of freaking out, but Mercy the Buzzard's freaking out, and <laughs> Ramblin' Rabbit's just like, Oh man, scaring me to death and he dies. Literally he dies. And Ray okay. just comes in and he's just like Oh he's just checking out I'm like Ramblin' Rabbit. He's dead. Oh, well, just tosses him off the side. It's like, oh, God. That is why I love this series. Uh, but they, of course, build up the fact that, you know, the fiend is ready to face Seth Rollins in hell. Sorry, phone. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man.
0: Everyone knows my ringtone is
1: Africa now. Yay. <laughs> I. I, I'm just gonna say this right now that there's gonna just come a point where you're just you just need to like have a hat for like every single persona you do. Now we have nice little sun hat for when you have the Southern Canadian Bale. Then we're just gonna have like a little 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 tiny cowboy hat for when you're being a troll at this point. <laughs> okay, Kurt Angle. <laughs> hey, it also it also it also could be Chad Gable for all we know. So. Other than that, there really hasn't been too much that took place. Uh, Oh, okay, maybe one more thing we'll talk about when it comes to Raw. The uh, Raw Tag Team title matchup, which had Heavy Machinery taking on Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. I say Bobby Roode, not Robert Roode. Shut up, people. And, of course, a lot of people are going to be saying Team Dolphin or Team... Somebody actually put down Team Dude, which actually got a chuckle out of me. I was like, okay, that's... I hate you, but I that, that's funny, that is funny. Um, <laughs> team, team, dude, we're victorious, but of course, oh God, help us! Otis, Otis is literally like the spirit animal of WWE. He's like he's gonna be a zodiac sign. I swear to God, at this point, it's like the year, the year of the python, the year of the scorpion, the year of the Otis, and people are just gonna be like, what? Yep. That's one of the best things in COVID. Pretty <laughs> <Be> lady. <laughs> just oh my, God. God. oh my gosh, it's amazing. Oh man, yeah, Raw was not too eventful for the season premiere, quote unquote. Nothing really too eventful took place except for Brock killing a kid, a, a teenager, which they referenced so many times, even though he's twenty-two, and uh, just every other. Yeah.
0: I really like the commentary, though. Even though the king King is going to be temporary, folks, so you can keep your pants on there. Uh, Dio Madden. I mean, this guy was making all these obscure. He made O S W review references, like he was talking about, uh, um, Lacey Evans like hot dogging and grandstanding. Like, oh, this guy watches O S W. He is my favorite. Oh. Oh, I'm wearing an OSW shirt right now, so there it is. <laughs> like, folks, if you haven't watched, if you haven't watched OSW review yet, you're you're missing out because uh, it, it is a uh, it's a video podcast, and they do pay per views. I think they're about to drop Survivor Series '93, and yeah, and one of the guys from, from there does Twitch streaming almost every day, so they're, they're fun, but. I I didn't know who Dio Madden was like last week. Now I'm like, okay, I love this guy. And Vic Joseph, it's great to see him step up in a role. Uh, there are some speculating that uh, the King is just going to be there until, I don't know, maybe they'll bring in Tom Phillips or Byron Saxton. Uh, although one of them might also go to SmackDown because there's also rumor and innuendo about Michael Cole stepping up to a Lead producer, excuse me, and we might have a whole a the film on SmackDown. So, who knows?
1: We go. Um, it's, actually, we'll talk a little bit about uh, SmackDown. So, as far as I know, and from what we've seen in uh, a lot of the different reports in the media, it seems like they definitely do have like a huge lineup put up for this you know episode of SmackDown on Fox. A lot of legends are making their return, including Sting. Uh, the Rock is there, which makes honestly it makes absolute sense that The Rock would be there. He is the guy who invented the term SmackDown, so why not have him be a part of that? Uh, there's been a lot of other rumors that possibly Goldberg's going to be there, McFoley, and Taker. Taker. Oh, jeez. So literally, there's a uh, there's a picture of like all these you know, people that are rumored or are supposed to be there. And a caption literally of them saying, does anybody else feel like the Fox ratings are just going to drop after the first episode? It's like, well, yeah, because they're taking all these legends and they're doing it like it's the Raw family reunion. Had they, you know, maybe spread these out more, that would make more sense. Then you could probably have like a steady rating base. But since they're like piling so much on, it's going to get annoying real fast. I mean, if you would have just had, like, uh, let's just say you can only pick three legends. If you would have picked, like, Rock, Sting, and we'll say Taker for sake of argument, that would be fine. Then you could spread out a lot of the other ones throughout the deal. You could probably throw in, I guess, Goldberg, Booker T, um, Mick Foley, a lot of those are out there. But some people are just like, no, we need to get these on right now so that way everything's fully established. You don't need to fully establish them right away you can kind of build up to them and even do, like, these little deals. But you remember, you remember those, like, video packages that they had where it's like, oh, let's take a look at the, uh, you know, career of, you know, this char- of this character, stuff like that. It's like the career of, like, Chad Gable or something like that. They always had, like, those little videos of him competing in, like, NXT or competing on Raw, stuff like that. They could just do stuff like that for them when they come on be like, hey, here's a highlight package of our special guest, you know, Mick Foley of Booker T and stuff like that. Although... I'm going to make this case that I think that Booker T should only appear on WWE television if he's going to inv- bring somebody into the five time club. That's the only time I think Booker T should show up on a show. I'm sorry, King or, Booker. Uh, I was going to say,
0: or, or only appear as, as uh, King Booker. Yes. Yeah. I, okay, I lo- like Raw Homecoming, Raw 25, all those. I love those. Like, straight up, I, I'm, a, I'm a nostalgia nerd. Like, you bring a legend, you're going to pop me because, well, I've been watching wrestling for probably 25 years now, and I'm like, yeah, bring these guys in, but don't rely on it. I know that this is just a ratings ploy because Fox, I think it might get SmackDown on my like basic cable because I get Fox Rochester on, on my telly, so I might not have to rely on my Xbox for, or my streaming sites for once, like for the first time ever, uh, since i moved out on my own. Um, yeah, I, I like how the legends is appearing, and I don't like that SmackDown has seemingly more matches signed than Hell in the Cell does. Hell in the Cell is this Sunday, and there's only three matches, so by the by the time... Uh, I don't know if we should predict any anything other than the three matches, because... By the time you guys hear this, it's the morning of hell. It'll be like the morning of hell in the cell, and maybe WWE.com or Twitter will have more things signed up. But I imagine it's just going to be maybe another couple of te- like another revival versus film, in the blank match. Uh, maybe another uh, rematch for the tag titles on Raw. Y- the U.S. title scene. Who knows? Because I think Cedric Alexander has been not buried but i think his feud for the title is over and i think we discussed this before
1: chad Gable versus aj styles for the u.s title on game oh i i would totally be okay for that although we do have to consider the fact that they are still probably going to promote i mean honestly they could still do that still do the program with uh Elias and Chad Gable. They could still do that. I mean, just get the Chad Gable, AJ Styles match in there. Have Elias interfere. And then, you know, AJ Styles still picks up the victory. Just have it be like an AJ Styles phenomenal open challenge for the U.S. title. Honestly, if he labels everything phenomenal, he has every right to. And I'd be okay with that. Just says like, hey, I got this phenomenal t-shirt on WWE shop. You can get these phenomenal gloves. You just hammers that word in there it's like what is he trademarking this like i'm okay with that i'm okay with aj styles trademarking phenomenal and just keeping that as his moniker he just gets the trademark copyright deals just for the rest of his days phenomenal is stuck to aj styles that i'm okay with um yeah like you said there's only three matches that are announced so we might as well just get these out of the way that way we can get into the uh, more exciting news and that's wednesday oh boy that's gonna be a fun thing to talk about uh, we have Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns taking on the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, Rowan and Harper, whatever they're going to call themselves now. Uh, those two guys that were in that one thing. You know what? That's somehow very catchy. <laughs> uh, honestly, I I see two things going coming out of this. One, they're going to try to build up Eric Rowan and Luke Harper again as a great tag team. Two. I could see them possibly doing a major swerve where Daniel Bryan is, you know, the, the man behind it. He's the quote-unquote higher power in this situation who said, hey, go attack Roman Reigns. It makes logical sense to have Daniel Bryan be the one to do it because he really hasn't been a babyface during this entire deal. He's kind of more of a tweener. He doesn't really acknowledge the fans. He's just kind of one of those people that, you know, it's kind of a relatable deal. I think I'm going to go with uh, Rowan and Harper in this one. I definitely am probably taking a long shot in predicting that maybe we'll see Daniel Bryan turn on Roman Sunday and we get that Ryan and Roman match down the line. But it seems like it's more logical to give the momentum to Rowan and Harper at this point. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to the former Bludgeon Brothers, former Wyatt family members, whatever team we're calling them. Team Casual, whatever they want to call themselves.
0: I'm definitely going to say the exact same thing. I think there's going to be a massive swerve, and uh, Danny O'Brien, like, "It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! It was me all along, Roman." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm calling that to happen. And little fun fact: um, did you listen to uh, Luchasaurus on Talk is Jericho?
1: I have not gotten a chance to. The last one I watched with uh Talk Is Jericho was with. Uh, Gibraltar Iglesias, Fluffy, definitely check that out. Cheap plug to talk as Jericho while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, well, spoiler alert. Um,
0: when he was in NXT, I think it was Judas Devlin was his And I didn't know he was in NXT. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the name Judas Devlin. So, allegedly, he could have been uh, part of the Wyatt family, like the early incarnation. I think that was even before uh, Eli Cottonwood. There's a name for people to, re- to look back on. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Was put in. Yeah, Eli Cottonwood. <laughs> yeah, he was there for a cup of coffee, and I, remember I saw a picture of Judas Devlin, and I'm like, he was dressed up in Bray Wyatt gear, or either that was a picture of Bray Wyatt, and uh, didn't have my glasses on. Uh, uh, either way, massive swerve Daniel Bryan, I think, is going to turn on him. It might be really, really short, I think it's just going to be hot tag, kick in the nuts, running knee, and then double whatever powerbomb move by the by the Bludgeon Brothers, and
1: that's curtains. I definitely do agree with that. You, you know, I'm just kind of noticing this right now. I just looked on his uh, Wikipedia page. I knew that uh, a good friend, Dusty Dave, shout out to him in his podcast, um, he mentioned that he had a master's degree, but Actually, looking at it right now, he uh, apparently went to uh, California State University in Northridge and he received a master's and bachelor's degree in medieval history. So, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, huh. So, he's portraying a prehistoric creature that's lived for billions of years and he also has a master's degree in ancient medieval times. That's pretty awesome. I, I have a newfound respect for Luchasaurus. For, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just gonna say, say, say his first name, that's it, for Austin, because this is a guy who literally knows his shit. So, Luchasaurus, you are absolutely amazing. And what the, did he say, oh my gosh, apparently he was in uh, Big Brother 17 where he placed fifth. He talks about that, it's really funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna
0: spoil anything, um, it's good. I'm like, I, I never watched that crap. But I kind of want
1: to see his episodes now. Uh, So, the next match, well, the next two matchups we have are both inside the cell. We have Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch inside Hell in the Cell. Oh, this is going to be a really good matchup, but this is also going to be a tough matchup to call again because now, with there being no DQ, no countouts in this one, the sky's the limit when it comes to this matchup. So, Mr. Fretz, I'll have you pick first. Who have you got in this matchup and why?
0: Sasha Banks. I mean, it's it's about time for Becky to drop that title. Uh, I love me some Becky Lynch, but uh, I love me some Sasha Banks, too. Uh, I think there... Uh, I don't know if there's going to be any involvement from others, but I... Either Sasha's going to steal one, or like lock in the bank statement with like a kendo stick or something and, you know, Becky Lynch has no choice but to tap out. Make sure look a little bit, make sure still look like strong and valiant because, well, you know, a submission move with a foreign object, it's, you know, times ten. And no matter who you are, even if you're Bill friggin' Goldberg, you're going to tap out to something like that. Oh, uh, definitely. And just because I, I love Sash, I, I want to see a change.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Becky retaining. Like I said, I think that this is going to be the major build-up going into uh, SummerSlam. You know, honestly, I could see Ronda winning the title sooner than, than later. I could see her possibly winning at, like, Royal Rumble or something like that. We still have that build-up going into WrestleMania again. But <clears throat> don't really know until we know 100% that Ronda's coming back. I think after that... uh Finger injury, uh, we, we don't know how long that's going to be, but it's definitely one of those things that I still think that's where they're going. Otherwise, maybe they're going to build up to Becky versus Shayna at WrestleMania, which I'd be honestly okay with. I'd be perfectly fine with that being a WrestleMania matchup. Um, would that be main event level worthy? Mm, jury's out on that one. I, th- I think that you know, depending on how they build it up, I would say yes. But it's kind of those things like, well, how do you kind of build that up? I don't know. Um, but let's talk about the matchup that I think we're both going to be in agreement with. That being the second Hell in the Sub match featuring the Beast Slayer, the King Slayer, Seth Rollins, the Universal Champion, defending against our friendly neighborhood fiend Bray Wyatt. Are we both in agreement that we're seeing a new champion here tonight? Yes. Yep. Going with The Fiend. And for those that are going to be playing, but it's be a part-time champ. Yeah, but he's going to make the title so much more prestigious. Are you kidding me? And plus, if we get Brock versus Bray at Survivor Series, I'm totally on board for that, especially if we get that moment where The Fiend locks in the mandible claw on Bray on Brock Lesnar, makes him pass out. Not necessarily tap out, just he passes out. That would be great. And honestly, I don't think it would really hurt Brock. Brock's in a spot right now where I think that he you know, yes, he's not kinda of like the savage beastie that he was before, but he's still a very well established star where he doesn't need to win every match. Just like same thing with Triple H. It's good for him to win every now and then, but you know, he still puts on really good matches, and I think Brock's getting that level now too. Oh my god, am I complimenting Brock Lesnar? What the hell's wrong with me? I I I'm, I'm I'm going to go hit myself with a steel chair a couple of times. And when we come back, guys, we're going to be talking about the Wednesday Night War and also talk about the most horrific event, probably, in WCW history. So stay tuned, you guys. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Nate the and Great. You know what's really fun, you guys, is just spending some time creating wrestling moments, whether it's being in the crowd, cutting promos, or just really kind of beating each other up with a chair or a trash can. Well, let's just say that there's a safer way to doing that without using an actual chair or a trash can. Go over to Great Minds Revolution Incorporated. My buddy Kurt has actually created a very safe and fun way to be a wrestling fan without the necessary lawsuits of basically beating each other up with real stuff. He has an inflatable chair that is really fun to just whack around, and it could also double as a little floaty for a pool. He also has the inflatable trash can, which, you guys, is really awesome because, let's say, maybe you don't want to use it for wrestling matches. You could use it at your barbecue, your next big tailgate party, whatever you could think of. Great Minds Revolution, Inc. They do a great job on making wrestling fun again. Proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast.
0: What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings Podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast, a part of WrestleIdeck Radio. I am Nate, the effing great, being joined here by Mr. Fretz. Honestly, guys, we are planning to be the future wrestling hub duo of the year. That is the main goal we have right now. So definitely, if you get a chance, go and find a way. Nominate us on Wrestle on WrestleHub, and also nominate us for podcast of the year. Honestly, I think we deserve it. Uh if you want to hear my rant about that, definitely check out last week's episode. But we're not here to talk about that—not as much. Uh, but definitely, if you get a chance, go to WrestleAttic Radio at under Attic underscore Wrestle and check out all the amazing podcasts, inclu- including ourselves. You got Kings of the Rings podcast, Gift the Podcast, Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, and Not Your Mama's Soap Opera podcast. All four of these shows are absolutely fantastic, run by very talented individuals and King Ricky. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. With you. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, there, there comes a point where it's, I feel like I can get away with this because I don't think he listens to the show, but I could be 100% wrong, and by the time we reach the uh, the next uh, meeting, he's probably just be like, what the fuck, dude? Why are you taking so many shots at me? It's like, if I don't take shots at you, who will then, dude? I'm just saying. <laughs> but we're not here to start a war, or maybe we are. No, we're not. Or am I? No, no, I'm not. I've had I've had shots fired my way, but it was mostly um, hockey related or or something
0: like that. It was a couple of maybe about a month ago. I think you know how sometimes some of our podcasts have um, like the uh, after audio, like the after chat audio, and it was something about uh, Atlanta. I don't know what they were talking about Atlanta for, and uh, the topic of hockey came up. Well, Atlanta had two failed NHL franchises the Atlanta Flames in the 70s that moved to Calgary and then the Atlanta Thrashers that moved to Winnipeg you idiot in 2010 2011 and it's something about yeah both these teams moved to Canada something something Canada I think there was more disparaging my home and native land than anything and it was just like oh yeah it's like yeah you moved to Canada it's not going to go well sorry Fratz like
1: <laughs> 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 not
0: taken go Leafs and uh fourth wall guys dog hoss um good luck New Jersey Devils you guys got P.K. Subban you guys got Jack Hughes good luck until you meet us in the playoffs until then and then screw you
1: (laughs) oh man all only here on the game changer podcast will you hear about wrestling as well as hockey ladies and gentlemen uh speaking of war we got to talk about the Wednesday night war that took place. We had NXT as well as AEW this past week. Honestly, let's start with you know let's kind of warm up to it. Let's start with uh, NXT. They had three title match. Yep, three title matches that night. We had Adam Cole defeating Matt Riddle, and what was actually a really good opener. Uh, and we get a shock from a returning NXT alumni, that being Finn Balor. He comes out and he basically makes his intentions known that he wants the NXT title and that he's going to be full-time on the NXT roster, which shocks me. But at the same time, it's not like they were doing anything with him on the main roster. So it's like, yes, we're getting the established Finn Balor that we've got for a long time. Does this mean we get The Fiend at WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't know. Do I do I think we'll get Fiend versus Demon soon? Maybe not, but you never really know. Honestly... This was just awesome to see that, and it's great to see that Finn Balor was back. Uh, We also had the women's matchup between uh, Shayna Baszler and Candice LeRae, another great matchup between the two of them. Uh, Fortunately, Candice came up short, Shayna Baszler retains. God damn it. (laughs) That's all I had to say about that. Um, We had a little bit of interference during the tag team title matchup, but... It was still a good match nonetheless. And hey, Street Profits could actually wrestle. Who knew? We thought that they were just two guys that talked backstage. My God. <laughs> um, Wait, what? Really? I know. It's it's shocking to know. It's it's like you know somebody's been holding them back just to be stupid or something like that. I don't know. It kind of reminds with the uh, Lynch McFan or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. The jury's out. Maybe for that one. Um, but on era... a <laughs> Damn it. Well, Sterling Archer? I, I was gonna say, I doubt it's Paul Heyman, because I'm pretty sure Paul Heyman is like, put him in the ring, damn it. <laughs> and somebody else was just like, no, no, no. They're funny backstage. We need to make sure that they don't wrestle whatsoever. They're gonna be they're gonna be great. It's good shit, damn it.
0: We need them to be we need them to be
1: hype, man. Uh, Where's JTG? <laughs> oh, he's right. He's right here. It's like that's not JTG, and there's just that long, brief, awkward silence. <laughs> oh my gosh, we we have. I think to he actually confused someone with JTG backstage, and that was oh, like, oh yeah, and, yeah. Let's, let's not go
0: there. But it was just like. I am surprised that he was employed as long as he was, like no offense because I loved crime time and no no offense to um, the street profits as well, but just their promo style and their talking backstage reminds me a little bit of of crime time themselves and you know that's a gimmick that I don 't think aged well in two thousand and six, let alone two thousand nineteen
1: mm. no you're you're definitely right about that. Uh, some other matches that took place during this was, uh, Io Shirai versus Mia Yim, which was honestly one of the highlights of the night, so definitely check out that matchup. Oh my god, just, oh, more of that, please. Uh, Johnny Gargano made his return against, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember who, who was Jane it was. Jamie Thorne Jane from, Thorne. uh, the, the Mighty Don't Kneel. Oh. a match. Oh, yeah. Um, I will, I will say this, I do want to comment on this because, uh, I got a chance to watch this new, the new series that, uh. Brian Zayn had, Uh, he mentioned that he was not too thrilled about the uh, Gargano-Thorn match, maybe it was because he was a little maybe a little too lukewarm with seeing Johnny Gargano, and I think I understand where he's coming from, because we're so used to seeing Johnny Gargano in a lot of the main event level matches and in the NXT title picture There maybe there's some to some fans, he was just too overexposed which I, again, totally understand that, but I'm sorry. Johnny Gargano will never grow old for me whatsoever. He was the NXT champion. He had one of the best matches of the year at New York. And he also had one of the greatest reactions of the year, and that was literally him watching The Fiend come out during SummerSlam. Still one of those things I watch and think to myself, this is why I love Johnny Wrestling. Because he is all respectful when it comes to when when it comes to he has like a new level of respect that I could never match. For professional wrestling, that is Johnny Gargano. So there's no way that he's going to, you know, be. uh, There's no way that he's going to be like old for me. Uh, Pete Dunne defeating Danny Burch, which hey, we got to see these guys really kill each other. Why not? Uh, But the main thing that I love to talk and I think that this is one of those things that gives NXT a little bit more of an edge over uh, AEW was that we had the finishing. The finishing touch, the the icing on this humongous banana split Sunday, whatever you feel like the, calling it. Uh is there even such a thing as a gluten free vegan banana split? No? Okay. I figured as much. I figured I'd ask. Um it ends with the Undisputed Era. Uh we have uh gosh I'm, oh man, I'm drawing my legs. Uh, Rob, uh Roberts uh Roderick Roderick. Strong, thank you. Um, And as well as Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, they're in the ring, they're celebrating. Adam Cole is on the entryway. He's celebrating, title belt goes up. And then we just hear, no one will survive. The crowd erupts. Out comes Tommaso Ciampa. And all he does is he walks slowly to Adam Cole, and then he slowly circles around him. Like a shark just waiting, just looking at, just waiting for that kill shot. And you know what he's looking at. He's not looking at Adam Cole's immense of pecs. He's not putting his head down because of the tobacco chewing that Adam Cole probably has been doing. And let's fa- let's face it that his, his, his girlfriend, the dentist, the doctor, uh, Britt Baker, disapproves of, which honestly is one of the funniest videos, definitely check that out. And did you know that they also have a t-shirt that's based on their relationship? What's that? Did you, I, know? you kind of skipped out a little bit there, uh, I missed some of that. I, I was going to say, did you know that uh, Adam Cole and Britt Baker actually have a t-shirt that's basically based on their relationship? No. It's one of the funniest things from what somebody from what somebody showed me was that there's literally one of the two of them just kind of screaming at each other, and it is because of the fact that you know she's a dentist and Adam Cole just apparently does not give too much of a shit about his teeth as pertinent to the video of him having just chewing tobacco and she actually asked the questions like did you it's like do you- do you realize you're hurting your gums and stuff like that and he's just sitting there still chewing with a smile on his face it's like God damn it, Adam Cole, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> but, no, it's such an awesome moment. I, re- I rewind that moment so many times already of just hearing the music, watching Chop do the circle around, and just staring at the title. And all, th- all I thinking to myself is, Goldie's coming home, Goldie's coming home. Yes, oh, Goldie's coming home. There- there's no other way that they can get around this. But we want to call Ciampa to the main roster. Don't you do that. Do not break up Goldie and Ciampa. Do not separate them. No. You keep Ciampa on NXT forever. But he won't be WWE champion. I'm literally okay with that. Just have him hold the title forever. Have him hold the NXT championship forever. That'd be a 17-time NXT champion for all I care. (laughs) Yes. Uh, WrestleMania weekend.
0: I'm calling it. He's Goldie's coming home. Oh, that. It's, it's, they're they're going to stretch this out a little bit because I don't think he's still cleared to compete as far as I know.
1: You, you know, you're probably right because I do remember we talked about this where he's just kind of more backstage, just kind of waiting for them to say you're good to go and I guarantee you the minute that happens he's just going to go out and just beat the ever-living shit out of Adam Cole. <laughs> I guarantee it. Bring it on. Oh, my gosh. I want that so badly now. Uh, but then we go into AEW. And, honestly, they had a really good show to start off. This is their first Dynamite show to kick off the new era of professional wrestling for them. And it was a great show. We had uh, Sammy Guevara taking on Cody and what was a great opener. Although, in all honesty, I honestly thought that Brandy got hurt from that uh, suicide dive that Cody inadvertently... Uh, uh, hit her with, and it's one of those things where, I will say this, that there's a moment where uh referee is distracted by Cody, and Brady just takes like one of her high heels and just bashes it on Sammy's face, and I'm just like you know what, I accept that Sammy pulled pulled her into into harm's way, it's one of those things where it's like, it's redemption, it's fine I'm okay with that, uh, Cody picked up the victory, and then Chris Jericho came out and just decided, hey, I'm gonna just going to beat the shit out of my challenger because I can, and then I'm going to enjoy a little bit of the bubbly before I get into the main event, (laughs) in which we uh, will definitely be talking about that one, because my god, was there so much that went on with that, Um, MJF defeated Brandon Cutler in a really good matchup, we go into the, oh gosh, I'm trying to think, oh, Hangman Page versus Pac, my god, that was awesome. It was as awesome as I thought it was going to be, if not just a bit more. And he ended, and it ended the way that uh, the way that uh, Pac defeated uh, Austin Aries at Extreme Rules, I believe it was, where he did the uh, he did the black Arrow finisher, and then he locks in a submission maneuver, which I think he calls the uh, the dismemberment or the the decimate the decimator. There we go. Which I am totally on board with calling it, other than the ring, Rings of Saturn. And at, Paige passed out. He passed out with the pain. Then we had Rio versus Nyla for the first ever AEW Women's World Championship. Another great matchup. Britt Baker was on commentary. And we see Rio make history. She becomes the first ever women's champion. I, I will say this, and I know I'm probably going to sound like a dick for this. You ever? You, did you see how small that championship belt was? I mean, it was literally one of those things. that like, like a toy. It did. I was literally like, wait, was that it? That is that is so small. I mean, I, I get I get it. Maybe it's like to respect heritage or something like that, but I would expect it to be just just a tad bit bigger. Maybe not the size of the AEW world title. My God, is that thing humongous, but it's awesome. But I was not expecting it to be kind of as small as it did. But then again, I remember meeting up with uh, uh, Sienna, Allison K. She had a couple championships that were kind of just the, about the same sizes as that one. So it's one thing. It's like, well, maybe it's not the size of the championship. It's more the people who are wearing it and the people who are representing it that make it amazing. Which I have no doubt Rio is going to definitely represent that title well. And we get this very interesting deal where uh, Nyla Rose attacks their Rio, and then Kenny Omega blocks it. He's just like, "No, you are not attacking my friend." Because those two were tag team partners in a mixed tag match. Oh man, I love. And she beat the
0: shit out of Nakazawa.
1: Oh my God, Nakazawa! That guy deserves a pay raise for that. Jesus. And it's it's one of those things where he's just doing his job. He's just like, you know, you're doing such a great job. You're making everybody proud. It's everything great. It's just really awesome. And then neither Rose is like, no, I'm just gonna beat everybody. I'm just gonna beat you down. Beat you down, beat you down, beat you down. Oh, Kenny Omega? Never mind. <laughs> so, then we get to the main event. The six-man tag match, in which we have uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega Elite taking on Chris Jericho, and we're still calling them LAX. No matter what no matter what na- tag team they call them, it's going to be LAX, unless they come up with something cooler, which I have my doubts. Uh, this matchup was very chaotic, I will say that, because literally... In the first five minutes we see everybody get a lot of good spots in and Kenny Omega he's in the ring by himself. he's just about ready to do like a dive or something like that. crowd is going crazy and at that moment Kenny Omega is just like I feel a disturbance in the force. turns around. it's John Boxley. he comes out he beats down Kenny Omega he beats him to the back. This is probably like my only issue with the show was the fact that they just did that, and then it's just like, oh, there's no DQ when it comes to this, like, so anybody could just interfere and nobody would care. Uh, oh, okay. before, I, I, ha- I have to share this take. All right. So, Ch- Jimmy Carderis,
0: uh don't try and pun or tw- or, or pun tweet him. <laughs> he can be an absolute dick in a good way. Right. So, he's just something like, uh, oh, no DQs, and I'm like, Dairy Queen in October. I've seen Stranger Things. And he's like, they serve hot food. Next. I'm like, oh, come on, Jim. We have fun.
1: <laughs> and that's not the first
0: time he's trolled me to, or like, trolled me, or like, kind of been like, next. I'm like, aw, oh, I look like an idiot now. <laughs> oh, I am one, but. <laughs> it's
1: like, oh, that's the
0: second time that day I look like an, I look like an
1: idiot on Twitter. <laughs> hey, it could have been worse. You could have been, video documented and had, your know, MJF burn you three times in a row.
0: I actually want that, because I, I, I could just be like, if he says something about my tempur shoes, I'd be like, well, they look good on your mama's bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that that would be an awesome... Fretz Fred, gets... Fred gets one over on MJF. I'm totally for that. Um, but Moxley beats Kenny Omega to the back, to the back area, and... I love the fact that Moxley, not Moxley, uh, Omega incorporates, brought that, like, the cleaning, the cleaner deal, where he just has the mop, he beats down Moxley, and then he just, like, acts like he's mopping the floors. (laughs) It's all those things where it's like, yes, he's doing the cleaner thing. Oh, gosh, if somebody would have made a Moppy reference, that would have been hilarious. Um, But, no, John Moxley, he did his uh, double underhook uh, DDT to Kenny Omega, on a glass table. Oh, that was just... That was just one of those things where it was like, Same okay, minute. I i think we know where this is going. We're going to have like... What is it, like an X, uh, Is it like a uh, CZW rules match at the fucking Full Gear? I'm calling it right now. Ambrose Asylum match. Oh my gosh, that would be interesting. But they would probably call it like a... Like like a Moxley penitentiary match or something like that or or Moxicity match the Moxicity match uh, that's th- the name of his John Moxley finisher oh there we go um yeah Chris Jericho and LAX they pick up the victory after basically having the numbers game then we see everybody basically y'all you know, beaten down beaten down beaten down Cody comes out to try to even the odds a bit then out comes Sammy Guevara who. Gives Cody a nice kick to the plums. Then we see Dustin come out. He basically tries to even the odds up more. And then, what do we get to kind of close out the show? We get Jake Haggerty. Jake Strong. Jack Swagger. He comes out, and they were just pushing and pushing and pushing the fact that he is an undefeated MMA guy. Which, he is. I'm not going to deny him that, but it's just one of those things where it's like, man, if you ever were to just jam something down our throats, it's that. Uh, He kind of beats down... No, he doesn't kind of. He definitely beats down on all the baby faces, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, we get this guy in AEW. This I am very intrigued by. I'm very interested in seeing how well he does. He's probably going to be AEW champion, isn't he? Damn it. Damn it. He probably will. Which... I I don't think I'd be okay with that. It's like, you tried that with him being the ECW champion, it was okay. You tried with that with the world championship, he literally had one of the worst reactions to winning that world title. I'm sorry, that, that, that image is still stuck in my head, where all the other champions that have won the titles are like, yeah, it's awesome, it's great, it's great. He's just literally like Terminator, like straight-faced, title up, no emotion whatsoever. And there's some people that think, like, oh, that's awesome. It makes him look like a badass. And for me, it's like, he looks like he doesn't care about this title. It's weird for me. I think his stone
0: face reaction is actually part of his gimmick. Uh, just before we started recording here, I was watching um, WrestleTalk um, talk about this, and it's like, you know, and Chopper, I think it was either Chopper Pete or... Uh or Laurie Blake, one of the other one of the guys they were saying, like, he showed more charisma in this two minute beatdown than he did in his entire run in WWE. And I'm I'm with it. I mean, like he, he looked like an absolute badass, although that got I think that we're gonna see that table spot on Botchamania, the whole I am the table thing, because I don't think oh. that broke after the swagger bomb. Unless that was the point. I don't know. But I was pumped to see Jack, Jack Hager. I was already, I was already at work at this point, but and I tried to watch both streams at the exact same time, but with uh, small town shitty internet, it my streams just kept crapping out. But yeah, and uh, this stable of was it Chris Jericho, LAX, Guevara. And swagger, I think our our group chat here had a challenge: name this stable. And I think I'm the only one who's still replied to it. And I think it was along the lines of the uh, Chris Jericho, really name it the North America Exchange, the NAX.
1: I mean, I think that's really hard to top. Uh... Well, I, I, I guess I'll pro- for this exclusive episode, I'll kind of give uh, I'll throw my two cents in. What would be like a really good uh, be a really good faction name for them? Uh, maybe, maybe the best faction ever? Honestly, I think that'd be one that Jericho could get behind. I could see that. And plus... B, yeah, BFE. Yep, I'd, BFE. I'd be down for that. That'd be awesome. Ah, oh, man. I mean, so much that's going to be going on for the next episode for Dynamite. <laughs> the main thing being I think wrong, man. the main the main thing being that they're going to be starting the AEW World Tag Team Tournament. We already got the uh, first round brackets going on here, where we have uh, Private Party versus the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros taking on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, and then we also have the Best Friends versus SCU. And Dark Order has a first round bye. Honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing how this tournament turns out. But more so now than ever, I would really love to see a uh, the finals culminate between the Lucha Brothers and SCU. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Especially after the showing this past week, they have great chemistry together. I think it's just one of those things where it just spells. Like a beautiful matchup. Now, I think we've already made the prediction before. We do believe that uh, it's going to go down the ra- the point of... Uh, I, th- I think, didn't we both say Dark Order? I know I said Dark Order was probably going to win uh, the tournament, but did you also say that, or did you predict some other team that might win it? I
0: think I predicted um, the Lucha Bros, but now that I saw All Elite's... Um Instagram, I think it's gonna
1: be Jay and Sal and Bob, Bluntman and Chronic. <laughs> oh my god, they, that was a, that was actually one of those things where it's like, oh, I was like, who, who are these guys? Oh, okay, no, that that's cool. That is cool. It's got, it was kind of kind of cool that they had like a little deal there for the pop culture folk, and and honestly, it wasn't one of those things where I felt like, oh, this is a waste. It's like so stupid. It's like, no, this is just. These are two guys that are wrestling fans. Chris Jericho's a part of it, so I love that they basically said, "Like, I mean, it might shock everybody, but he is playing a villain in our movie." It's like who the thunk! <laughs> oh,
0: that that's great! And uh, big, big ups. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Like you know, Clerks, Mallrats, Jane Sont Bob Strike Back. There's some of my most treasured movies, like, especially Clark's, I mean, that movie is just amazing, and, you know, big ups Kevin Smith, you know, he dropped, like, a, a whole boatload away, because he, well, he had a massive heart attack, almost died, actually, and now that he's, he's looking really healthy, I met Jay a couple of years ago at Comic-Con, and he, and he was super cool, it was Jay and, um... Uh, is it Brian or Hallahan? So Dante, I'm not supposed to be here today! And uh, there's a, yes, yeah, I think I put that picture in, no, it didn't work, I didn't end up sending it in the group chat, but it's, it's, out, it's out there on the web, so, yeah, Jay, Jay was super cool, I'm, I was so pumped to see them, and I can't wait for that uh, Jay and Son Bob reboot movie. And Clerks 3.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they did announce it, Clerks 3 is in production. So this will be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, Guys, we're going to take a final commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the crazy weekend that I actually had, especially up here in Wisconsin for independent wrestling. Uh, And also, we are bringing back our quote-unquote retro, or we're just going to call it the the Great Frets Reviews. I think that's the best way to put it. We're going to bring it back, the Great Frets Reviews. We're going to be talking about probably the most horrifying event that took place in the history of WCW. So guys, stay tuned. We will be right back.
0: This is your pool party captain, Randy Fitzsimmons, and you're listening to the Game Changer Podcast.
1: Hey, guys, this is Nate the and Great. Hey, have you ever wanted to be a champion but can't seem to really find the money and the time to get a championship belt? Well, you know who's a really good friend of mine? AJ from ajsbelts.com. These guys have a large assortment of championship belts, from classic belts to modern day belts to championship belts that you would not even believe. And guys, like I said, they work with you very well. With an awesome layaway program, there is no way that you can beat these guys' prices as well as these guys' deals, especially when you can give them a little bit of money every now and then until you can get that championship goal. Coming from a guy who's a champion and a game changer. I'm indeed Nate, the effing great, I'm representing AJsBelts.com, proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. What's up, guys?
0: This is the Monday Night Delight from the Gifted Podcast, and you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio.
1: I just never get tired of this song. Kingdom by Downstate, just absolutely awesome. Welcome back to the Game Changer. You guys are part of Wrestle Attic Radio. I am Nate the Ever Great. Being joined here by the one and only Mr. Fretz. So, I definitely wanted to talk about this first to kind of get it, just to kind of get it out of the way. Uh, This past weekend, I was actually a part of uh, not one, but two wrestling shows. Uh, There was the GLCW and uh, Frontline Pro Show that took place in Merrill, Wisconsin, where it Featured Gangrel, who is still one of those guys who still has it in him, one of the nicer guys that got a chance to meet, and honestly, it was a pretty, pretty good, pretty good show. Um, but the main thing I wanted to talk about was the show that took place on Saturday, which was a benefit for benefit for Tyler too. So this was a show that all the proceeds that everything that went into this all proceeds went to a foundation for uh t- for Tyler who was a uh, who is a cousin of a wrestler that was a part of the show he unfortunately had his life ended by a drunk driver so all the proceeds went to his foundation really great benefit definitely guys if you get a chance check out the benefit for next year hopefully it's co- it's going to be even bigger they actually talked about raising More money than they did last year when they did the first one. So that is really good to see that the numbers are going up. And hopefully we can continue making those numbers go up there. But the main thing that came out of this show, other than, you know, that great monetary deal, is unfortunately the fact that this was the first wrestling event that I went to that I witnessed one of uh, the wrestlers getting injured. And this is one of those things where it just, it breaks my heart, especially when you consider everything that this guy put in. Uh, Ben McCoy, a lot of people will know this guy because I had him on my show earlier this year. We got a chance to talk about his wrestling career, a lot of things he's done. He's given so much to the wrestling business. Definitely check that out. And I'm not even saying this to be boastful, but if you were to pick an interview of the year, definitely would be the interview that I had with Ben McCoy. That's the best one that came out of this year, in my opinion. So, during his matchup, he actually uh, set up a table, and he had a wrestler on that table, and he's doing like an elbow drop to, the, to uh, Logan Lynch on this table, and unfortunately, when he came down, uh, the table didn't give, and unfortunately, his leg kind of, almost seemingly lawned, it felt like it like, kind of looked like it lawn darted onto the, uh, onto the floor. Unfortunately, he suffered a broken leg because of it, and he's had he's had a surgery on this past Monday. So that is really good to hear that. Uh, from what I remember, they actually had to fuse uh, the bones back together. Also had to put a plate there, and his recovery time is going to be uh, six months, which really sucks. But he has been discharged from the hospital, so that is a really good step for him. He definitely is one of those guys that does not like to, you know, just be sitting around doing nothing. He's one of those guys that will just do whatever he can to get healthy again, to be better again. So Ben, listening to this, dude, you have so much support. We love you. Thank you for everything that you do. And to you, wish you a speedy recovery, my friend. It's always hard to watch something like that happen because he mentions, uh, the fact that he had so many plans going into uh, the end of the year, especially uh, some big plans to work with uh, ACW, uh, big plans for the uh, show in November that's going to be featuring Rob Van Dam. I guess the the fact was that he was supposed to wrestle Rob Van Dam in November. Now, unfortunately, he can't really do that with a broken leg. So hopefully you know Rob can still make it. Hopefully you know things can work out. We're just going to have to wait and see what the future holds for that. I just really hated seeing that because at the, uh, at the time that I saw that, I just thought it was just a part of a, I thought it was just a part of a storyline or something like that. But then more guys kept crowding him. More people kept crowding him and crowding him and crowding him. And then they were basically carry and they carried him off to the backstage area. And I see, you know, my friends, you know, bolting in and out, in and out from the backstage area. Uh, one of my friends, AJ, he actually had a couple of Uh, wooden blocks and I was thinking to myself well okay this is this is interesting this okay this could be a legit deal let's just hope it's a sprain or something like that but no it turned out to be a broken leg that 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 sucks though because when you work so hard and you have something like that halt the progress that you've made it really does it really it really does suck so again Ben, if you're listening to this, thank you for being a listener. But also, wish you nothing but the best and speedy recovery to you, my good sir.
0: Get well soon, man. Uh, I don't know who you are, Ben, but you got my prayers. You got my love. I hope you get in the ring and kick ass soon. And hey, someday if I end up uh, making a trip to Wisconsin, I'll see you. I'll see your wrestle. Uh, is he the guy that had that documentary this year? I think you released. Not, not, not you released, but you shared. And he had a. There was a fundraiser. He, he he was a Wisconsin
1: wrestler. I know that much. Yes, he is. They are still working on the movie. Still here. Uh, that should be premiering sometime next year. If I'm not mistaken, I would have to double check on that. I'll definitely get more information, and I will be promoting that more throughout uh, throughout the rest of the year because it is definitely one of those movies that will be can't miss. You get a copy of it, definitely you will not regret it whatsoever. So, on that note, got to talk about this weekend, of course, being ACW uh, Night of the Legends. So many great matches that are going to be a part of this. Uh, Salem Crane versus Swaggle. We've got Rock and Roll Express versus Famous Trash for the ACW Tag Team titles. Nick Colucci versus Logan Lynch to determine who will be the first, honestly, the first ever two time ACW World Champion. So that's going to be a matchup I'm looking forward to. I've already got so many people coming to the show. Tickets are on sale. Uh, By the time this is coming out, the event's already happened. Uh, You'll definitely see a lot of pictures and maybe some videos from that on the Facebook fan page as well as uh, my personal Facebook fan page where talk about a lot of the stuff that took place for that. And I'll definitely talk more about it next week when it happens. So definitely stay tuned for that. But all right, from that... Let's talk about the most terrifying events of 1998. Oh boy. When you first uh, brought this up to me, I thought to myself, 98, why does this sound so familiar? And then you told me one match, and it's like, oh God, this one. We're of course talking about Halloween Havoc 1998. Uh, Just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory on this, and then we're going to have some fun little quips about the year 1998, because Mr. Fretz, I know how much you love to talk, bring us from blacks from the past, uh, took place on October 25th, 1998, at the, at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Paradise, Nevada, even though some people make it seem like it's Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, with an attendance of 10,663 people. And the main matchups that were promoted on here were Goldberg versus as well as Hollywood Hogan and the Warrior. Oh boy, I'm not I'm not looking forward to this. So one thing that we definitely do have to mention is the fact that the um, there was a lot of spots that had the pay per view bead uh, cut off after the Hogan and Warrior matchup, so they were not able to see the Goldberg and DDP matchup which really sucks um the fact that they didn't you know take the time to be like hey can we you know just you know get we I know we went a little bit on time can we just get a little more time can we do something like that blah 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 stuff like that but I guess it's just it's just really it's just really weird how they kind of went about doing this uh on commentary we had Tony Schiavone Bobby Heenan and Mike Tenet you know something this is a really great trio I'm totally alright with that uh Before we go into the actual event itself, we need to actually send some kind of positive light on here. Mr. Fretz, please, take us on a blast to the past.
0: The year is 1998. Mr. Fretz is in ninth grade. And this was the first wrestling pay-per-view I watched live on pay-per-view. Shout out to my old friend Bruce... Who, who hosts this event. We uh, My cousin Johnny and I, have, I've referenced him before, Johnny was the guy that kind of got me into wrestling. Uh, Norm, if you're listening to this, I love you. Let's connect again soon. Um, yeah, so, first pay-per-view I ever I, I thought it was something else, but it, it was this. And there was a lot of notable really I like to talk about movies, video games, TV shows and whatnot. So, before I get into the Notable releases. I have one sound that is going to sum up nineteen ninety eight and we are one month away from this game. The greatest game of all time, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, was wasn't released until November. And although we covered Deadly Game and I don't think I got to talk about Ocarina of Time, but That'll be for another time, ha, pun intended. But in our Wayback Machine, in theaters, was Ants, American History X, A Night at the Roxbury, and Bride of Chucky. Who remembers when Chucky appeared on Nitro? I knew, and it sucked!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goddammit. Topping Uh. the
0: charts in... In music, for literally one week, was one week by the Bare Naked Ladies. What a pun! And I think it was like Brandy and Monica had a song in here somewhere. Maybe the Titanic Heartbreak uh, one was ruling most of '98. On TV, we had The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror Nine, which had the Hell to Pay. Terror of Tiny Toons and Starship Poopers shorts. You know, Hell pay when, you know, Snake, Springfield's resident criminal, dies. Homer gets a hair transplant, takes over his brain, he becomes a serial killer. The Tiny Toon one is when Bart and Lisa end up in Itchy and Scratchy. And Starship Poopers, um, Maggie is the uh, child of Aliens Kang and Kodos. In video games... Oh, and on King of the, we had a King of the Hell episode in there too, but in video games, Wario Land 2 for the Game Boy Color, Apocalypse for the PS1, a really, really bad but fun top-down Contra shooter voiced by Bruce Willis, complete with a whole bunch of terrible 80s action tropes and catchphrases, <coughs> Crash Bandicoot Warped, and Oddworld Abe's Exodus. Holy shit. And guys, please listen to my Patreon show on WrestleLatic Radio, the 20-bell salute. I go into great details about this when I go month by month. So October 99, I've already said No Mercy 99. It's going to be WrestleMania 2000. Uh, Probably a horror movie in there somewhere, although I don't like to watch those. And my goodness. What a time
1: to be a teenager. No no kidding. Especially if you were watching uh, this this event here because the fact that there were quite a few deals in which we saw the Nitro Girls, all of which were pretty talented dancers. And you know something? As much as, you know, the Nitro Girls probably hindered a lot of these matches, I definitely will say that it would be kind of nice just to have those kind of deals where they just you know, took breaks from the wrestling and just had, like, these kind of random go-go dancers every now and then. That's just me. I think it would just be kind of one of those things to just break the tension and be like, oh, yeah, something for for the guys to enjoy, something for most women to enjoy. Um, But, yeah, let's start talking about this. We kicked off with the television title matchup between Chris Jericho and Raven. First of all, um, I do find it very amazing that... I'm watching the uh, WWE Network version of this, and we have, you know, the Raven uh, music playing as well as Chris Jericho's, you know, Break the Walls early version playing during this entire deal. And I know. I know, right? And the matchup actually kicks off with Raven basically saying, like, oh, you know something? I don't want to compete for this thing. And it's like, wow, you're showing how much you care about the world TV title, aren't you, bud? Chris Jericho provokes Raven Raven finally gets back in the ring. We get the matchup going. Honestly, it was a pretty stellar matchup between the two of them. Uh, Jericho kicked out of the Raven Effect DDT because nobody does a DDT like Jake the Snake Roberts. Fight me on that. I dare you. Uh, We see a little bit of interference and Chris Jericho using the walls of Jericho on Raven. And Raven, who has had this reputation of being a bit of a badass and being a bit of a tough guy... He, like, taps out immediately, which is funny, because during commentary, I remember them mentioning that he passed out to one submission maneuver, so it's like, okay, so why is it that this submission maneuver he kind of passes out, but in this one, he just taps out. Wow, Raven, you you went from badass to pansy in, like, a matter of two moves. That's sad, but it was a great match. Honestly, it was a really good matchup to start off the show. I was pretty content with this. I thought, okay, I mean... So far, so good. I mean, that changes in the next matchup, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Honestly, what were your thoughts about this matchup? Like you said, you were a young kid. This was your first wrestling matchup. This is like your first exp- first ex- major exposure to the world of professional wrestling. What were your thoughts about Raven versus Jericho? Well,
0: I managed to get a, uh, like a VHS or pay-per-view ripped, so I have WCW's... Um, knockoff themes so this was raven coming out to come as you are by nirvana and chris jericho coming out to uh by a pearl jam all oh, the 90s yeah 14 year old me knew even knew back then that this was uh wow these guys are really ripping off these themes and they get worse later later in the show especially with rick steiner Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the dog pound. Yeah, this is a great match. Um, I I was watching WCW a lot at this point too, and I'm like, oh, I remember Raven being a whiner and a crier. And they they did reference. I remember they're talking about the yeah. He tapped up to this move right away, and he like passed that up to like the Rings of Saturn and. Yeah. I guess it was something to do with his character. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, he just wants to get, just get out of there right away, and boom. You know, kind of like uh, Bailey winning a match, and running to the to the back immediately. Jesus. And I loved, I loved the WCW Jericho. I was like, the flock is the biggest pile of morons and idiots, and Chris Jericho equals buy rates and rear ends and seats. And, yeah, we had, like, a great uh, whole bunch of outside plunder, baby. And some... Raven, you know, there was, like, a big losing streak in here. I guess he had the reverse Goldberg treatment. Uh, Canyon tried to provide some distraction, rest in peace. But it was just Lion Tamer. And I think there was a, this, you you might have a different match here, but my, my feed had a couple things missing from it. But we streamed seamlessly into a, uh, Hogan promo coming out to Voodoo Child by oh, Jesus. Jimi Hendrix and goatee Eric Bischoff I forgot that he lost a hair versus hair match to Ric Flair had his tent shaved and grew a goatee Like he looks so much different
1: oh my gosh That this was just one of those things where it's like wow this is Eric Bischoff if he was literally trying to be a douchebag he was a douchebag point proven uh, literally, it was just a situation where Hogan basically talks about, oh, I'm not afraid, I'm ready to take on the warrior, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know. Uh, this next matchup is, is kind of there. There's a couple of these matches here where it's like, they just kind of there, serving no purpose. Uh, Wrath defeated Mang. I got no, I... I love
0: Wrath. I... I was big, I'm, I'm sorry to cut off. I was a big Brian Clark fan. Like, Adam Bomb, Wrath, and I love that the Wrath theme had, like, the intro from Van Halen's Running to the Devil, uh, Running With the Devil, and, yeah, this is one that wasn't on my, uh, my download, I, I, and I was pretty bummed about it, because Wrath had kind of a winning streak going in his own Right.
1: I don't really have too much uh, really knowledge about Wrath. All I knew was I just saw this matchup and I was just like, eh. Not really does much for me. It's another one of those things where it's like, hey, big dude, take on another big dude. Boom. Wrath wins. Okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> that, that was kind of it. Uh, next matchup on here was, ooh, burn, baby burn. It's Disco Infernal, ladies and gentlemen, taking on take on Huvertu Guerrero. And the winner of this matchup would take on Billy Kidman later on the night for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Honestly, this was one of the better matches of the night. I would definitely say that it would have been candidate for match of the night had it not been for the main event. Trust me, we're going to get into that very soon. Uh, I really forgot how well Disco Inferno can go, and this was one of those matches where it definitely showed how well he can go. And Juventud Guerrero, my God, did WWE water him down like severely? This is a guy who can just take it to the next level. That baseball slide to a head scissors to the outside, beautiful. Just wow. Uh, Disco Inferno hit a pile driver for the 1 2 3, so we get Disco Inferno versus Billy Kidman later on in the night. T- totally like it. Like I said, like second best matchup of the night.
0: Uh, disco, around 97, Disco Inferno was over, and I remember on the night, I think it was the Nitro after Starcade. yes, that Starcade. he, uh, he won the TV title, and, you know, the the crowd popped huge for him, and then through this, he became, like, a big-time heel, but, I mean, that Disco Fever theme, oh, memories, so, Disco Fever, so good, uh, and I don't think WWE watered down movie um, drugs watered down movie, and he didn't water down his drugs. So I think it was like a year or two after this, like he got. I think it was there was like a, an incident. He got arrested for. I don't know if it was PCP or something, but it was it was whack. And this was I remember him coming out without the mask because he used to be a mask, like you know Luchador. Then he lost it in a match. I don't know Kevin Nash or. Something like that and um Yeah, this is before Hoovy became the juice. If anyone remembers that from late WCW, my goodness. Uh there's a there's a part in this match where um Disco uh I think either Poohy or Disco loudly says, Ow my dick (laughs) Could have been like fixing it in my download was terrible. Like there was some thought like, during the entrance where the music was so loud, I couldn't even hear what the announcers were talking about, which actually was a bad thing. Cause I love Shivani brain and today, uh, that, that was a, a great, great, um, trio. And I think this, there might've been a match in here for you again, but I got right into a Scott Steiner promo. It was like 30 days and 30 nights freaks to my left, to my right in one in a box giggity, uh, and just talking about Big Papa Pump being the hookup, I'm like, oh, this is when it started. This is when it started, because it was like Slambery or Super Brawl that year is when the, he turned on Rick. You know, of course, there's a match between the two later in the show. Buff Bagwell comes out and is like, in a FUBU shirt, do you remember, are you old enough to remember FUBU?
1: I, I should be. And it's kind of hazy, but I think if I looked it up right now, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that shit."
0: <laughs> it was like all the, like the the rap kids,
1: uh, or oh, the,
0: the word that pe- that people describe the rap kids. I'm not gonna um repeat here because it's a it's a ra- it's a racial word, and I think you might know what word I'm talking about, and I'm not gonna repeat it. And was there a Saturn Lodi match in here, or is that later?
1: Uh, Just a little bit later. Uh, We might as well combine these next two matches together because, honestly, nothing here for me is, like, very memorable. We had Alex Wright defeating Fit Finley, and then we had Perry Saturn Saturn defeating Lodi. Yeah, uh, honestly, I think I had my standards too high when it came to Fit Finley, so that was kind of why I was just like, eh, it's it's whatever. And then we see Perry Saturn literally be like, I'm just going to wreck some shit. It's like, okay, one-sided. Got it. Very, very good. And honestly, th- this was something that was actually brought up uh, during an episode of Wrestling with Regret that originally was supposed to be Lodi versus uh, Eddie Guerrero, but unfortunately Eddie forgot, missed his flight, so they had to put in a last minute replacement, and that was where Perry Saturn kind of came in. So that's kind of how that came about. Uh, but hey, let's get into another uh, title matchup. If you're cool, well, actually, no, there is a. Spot spot during this, I can't remember exactly where it was, but uh, Rick Steiner came out talking about uh, finding a partner because Scott Steiner just said like, "Oh yeah, me the giant will defend our ta- tag team titles against you guys, you know, against you tonight." And some of those things like, "Wait, how can you do that when Scott Hall is the tag team champion, not you?" The WCW booking, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, so. Rick basically talks about uh, facing off against them, and then Buff is just pleading, like, hey, I'll be your partner, I'll be your partner. Okay, so Buff Bagwell and Rick Steiner, they're slated to take on the Giant and Rick Steiner, and they made this, like, real, little quirky stipulation that if Rick and Buff Bagwell win, then Rick Steiner will get 15 minutes to, with Scott Steiner by himself, I guess. God, does that sound wrong? Uh... Hey, cruiserweight title matchup. Why not? Billy Kidman defending against the uh, newly crowned number one contender, Disco Inferno. Another great matchup. Uh, one of the things I will say that I loved about the uh, loved about this, especially watching the wrestling with regret review on this, is <laughs> Brian Zayn basically saying like, "Disco, what are you doing? You don't give Billy Kidman a power bomb because you know what's going to happen. First time around, it's like, no, he's good, he's good, Disco." Disco guy was able to counter it, it's fine. And he says it again, sure enough, Billy Kidman counters that powerbomb into a facebuster, shooting star press, that's the end of that matchup. But honestly, it was still a really good matchup between the two of them. Billy Kidman is definitely an underrated talent when it comes to the cruiserweight division. Uh, this was when he was breaking up, when he broke out from Raven, when he's just starting out on his own. Definitely one of those guys that had potential, they just did not find the right either character for him, or they didn't find the right, you know, gimmick for him to work with. Uh, oh god, I still remember Billy Kidman and Paul London. That feud, my god, that 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 got to be like so rough, especially the No Mercy matchup where uh, Paul or Paul London after the matchup, he's like coughing up blood. He's getting strapped to a uh, stretcher. Billy Kidman just pushes the guys away, does a shooting star press to London while he's on the stretcher. And just what sold it for me was like Taz and Michael Cole's reaction. Um, Taz just going like, oh my God, that son of a bitch, I can't believe he did that. Just one of those moments where it's like, this makes wrestling real. This is awesome. This is why I love WWE. But, oh gosh. But like I said, this was a really good matchup between Billy Kidman and Disco Inferno. Uh, oh gosh. I, I, I wish we had more of these to talk about for the rest of the night, we're not, I'm not going to lie, this, this, I think right about here is where things are kind of really shaky or just really swervy, but before we get too deep into that, uh, your thoughts on this Cruiserweight title matchup? Billy Kidman was wearing what everybody made their creator wrestler look like in the late 90s, tank top, jean shorts, basic. Oh God, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: love the e- 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 early incarnations of uh, of my guy of, of my friends, or my nickname of Pierre Chopper um, from hockey. Long story, not really. Uh, there was a couple of botchy spots in in this in these matches, but I I, I still loved it. Uh, disco sucks, chance. You know your basic you know heel face heat match and the trash talking and the ring mic like, really picked up disco being like show me something you squeak Pipsqueak! squeak now there's an insult you haven't heard since disco uh, you know there's a really nice uh, front face suplex gourd buster uh, I think they went for like a pile driver on the floor and uh, I'm sorry but Billy like a little later on like Billy Kippen's shooting star was still okay but it, he, he became the worst shooting star press giver uh, after this like it you know i think yeah it was an accident that hurt jamie noble that you know set up that spot with paul london like oh man i forgot about that match and you're talking to a massive paul london fan here too but yeah and i loved that
1: when he was with um raven he called the move the 70 critch <laughs>
0: Oh. Because he
1: looked like he was a heroin addict. That's the joke. Drugs. <laughs> They're funny, aren't they? Um, oh. Well, speaking of drugs, I'm sure we wish we had one for this max matchup. Uh, we had the Giant and Scott Steiner, the World Tag Team Champions, giant question mark, taking on Buff Bagwell and Rick Steiner for the titles. Uh, so here's the thing about this entire deal. Had they not had Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner lock up in the matchup, then the stipulation would have been more worthwhile. The problem is that throughout the majority of the matchup, they did have Scott and Rick in this. Especially considering the fact that Buff Bagwell during this matchup swerve, he turns on Rick, and he decides, "Nope, I'm still with the NWO." It's like, do I, why? What was the point? He made was- too obvious. It was just, oh, so stupid. Matchup went way too long. Uh, but we see, oh my God, I, I actually did forget about this. Um, Big Show getting up to the top rope, and he does a missile dropkick to Scott Steiner by accident. Yeah, the Big Show, in his prime, used to do missile dropkicks. It's literally one of those things where it's like, what the, oh my God, this is, okay, I'm, I'm I'm in shock about this. It was pretty amazing. Uh, Rick Steiner though would find a way to capitalize off of that. Hit the uh, Steiner Bulldog. I believe it was on it was it was on the Giant for the victory. So Rick Steiner is the tag team champions. Then we might as well tie this matchup in here. Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. This was pointless. This was stupid because we already had basically that matchup in 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 its for the tag team title matchup. But Rick Steiner picks up another victory. Hey, two back-to-back wins for Rick Steiner. Apparently, he's the chosen one to lead WCW to the next generation. So, like I said, had they not had Rick Steiner, you know, fight off against Scott Steiner during the matchup, this matchup would seem more important, and it would seem a lot more worthwhile, but it just literally felt like a giant mesh of just... bleh. So... Those are my thoughts on these two matches here because they just. It was a waste, waste of a heel turn that really everybody saw coming, and then, then a waste of a matchup, which is probably one of the reasons why WCW got in trouble. Yeah,
0: I I like this. I mean, I I, what I what I what I found really funny going back is listening to the commentary. Billing the Big Show, I mean, the Giant, at 552 pounds, and he's just sitting there, leaning leaning on ringside, just uh, smoking a dart. Like, he's the guy, he's just, like, they used to say, like, oh, yeah, Big Show, why don't you get in shape? And he's just, like, eating cheeseburgers and smoking cigarettes. But now he's shredded, and he had, like, a cage match with Braun where he did, like, a top rope elbow on the guy, and that should, like, be a... Career ender, uh, and he landed a. I think he landed a missile dropkick in WWE against uh, Viscera once. So there's he, he could do. He could do some crazy stuff at that point in time. And as soon as I saw Buff Peg in this match, I'm like, Oh yeah, we're gonna get a double cross. Buff, double clothesline kick him up. Yeah, yeah, saw that coming. Even 14 year old me, who didn't know wrestling was a work yet, knew this was coming. And that. Liked how they, they kind of referenced that um, injury that Buff suffered. I I don't know if it was kayfabe or or legit. Where like Buff had like a neck injury, taken a Steiner bulldog. He was really rough looking, so it may have been actual. Um, and Rick Steiner, when he is the tag team champions, do you know who he initially awarded the tag title to, and then ended up tagging with?
1: I am about to say, if it's Chucky, I swear to God.
0: Oh, it's worse. So, he awarded a tag, the the other tag team title to Judy Bagwell, Buff's mom. (sighs) I don't know if they had a match or if it was like, hey, they'll come out to the ring, this is my tag team partner and it's Judy Bagwell like well before she was on a forklift. Um, but then eventually, there was there was a tag team called High Voltage. It was a something, Rage, and Kenny Chaos. And Kenny Chaos had broken out on his own because the other guy, I don't know, fired steroids. Dro- I don't know. So Kenny Chaos and Rick Steiner were the de facto tag team champions after this. And mercifully, their reign didn't last long. And I think there was like a, a tag team title tournament in early '99 we saw the Filthy Animals the West Texas Rednecks oh the West Texas Rednecks do you remember the Rapids Crap song Nate?
1: I actually do not
0: oh look, look it up when you're done uh, you'll you won't regret it it was uh, Barry Windham Kurt Henning Kendall Windham and I think for a brief period of time Virgil was in this table. oh oh Jesus But it was like Barry Windham and um, Kurt Henning, I think. They they were like tag team champs for a while, feuding with, you know, if rap is crap, oh, you're feuding with the Filthy Animals, okay. Uh, The Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner match was basic. It was fine. I mean, Rick got his heat back. I agree with you with that whole tag team thing. Like, when Rick got in, you know, Scott should have been not cowering because, you know, you get a big rody hulking monster kind of cowering from uh stocky little brother. It wouldn't it would have made Scott look weak as a heel, but also look like a heel. Um yeah, they shouldn't have touched in their first match somehow, but then their Yeah, their match is fine. There was a restart because Stevie Ray got involved here. Buff came out in a suit and a Bill Clinton mask because Hey, Bill Clinton was in the
1: news at this point in time. Right. Oh, uh, did not
0: have me. sexual relations with that woman. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah, 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 and this is when... I mean, the next two matches are fine, too. But, yeah, the, the card kind of took a dive already, so...
1: Yeah. yeah. And one things said Mr. Fretz is referring to is the next matchup, which is... Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. So, basic build-up to this one was that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, they were the tag team champions, but then Scott Hall decided, you know what, I'm turning on you, Kevin. Boom, hits him in the back with the uh, title belt, turns on him costing them the tag team titles to begin with. And it's kind of been building off of that, but also they were building off the fact that uh, Scott Hall had been dealing with this, issue with alcohol, doing with that deal. just feels like they were kind of tying in some real-life drama with this, which did not, does not age well whatsoever. Uh, we see Scott Hall basically taking the advantage on Kevin Nash to begin with. Kevin Nash is kind of like, I don't know, I'm not ready to do that yet. Until finally it's like, okay, now they're ready to finally do it. Then, a lot of these stupid late spots here, you know, like the the fist exchange, the lockups, they do that later on. It's like, this is not stuff that you would do at the later deal. You do these more to start the matchup. What the what the heck's going on with this? Uh, Kevin Nash would hit Mr. Hall with uh, not one, but two jackknife powerbombs. And he would just decide, you know what? I'm good. And walks out and leaves. Yeah, Scott Hall won by a count out. Just, uh, oh, all that for nothing. Oh,
0: yeah. This this match was a mess, and funny. There was a funny thing. They're on the outside, and they didn't do this. But there was a, a fan loudly said, "Hey, nice blade job, man." They didn't bleed, so I don't know what that guy was. Talking about uh, Scott Hall, like it—it seemed that Nash wasn't fighting back as Scott Hall was dominating this match. Uh, I like think there was a spot where you know Scott Hall whips his whiskey in his eyes, which burns like hell. I—I um, I loved, like I this is, but I was Team Wolfpack all the way during this point in time. Uh, what else? Did, yeah, Nash. Gets gets an advantage. He does the sidewalk slam, which was his Vinny Vegas finisher. Um, yeah, stupid, stupid. Like, yeah, I get the point that you're like you're frustrated with your best friend. He's like, here, have a double. Oh, that's oh yeah, that's a reference. Um, two jackknives. Why wouldn't you cover for the pin? But I guess this was also in a way to like. He pitied Scott because of the drinking problem because he came out, Scott Hall came out to the ring stumbling like, like he thought he was hammered. But I think he was uh, playing make-believe, but he might have been actually drinking backstage because, unfortunately, he had some demons at this point in, at this point in his life. And thank, thank the, the good Lord above that he's, he's fine now. Like, we saw him on NXT last night, and he was looking all right. Uh, DDP, DDP's a lifesaver, man. Like, I gotta love him.
1: Stupid. (laughs) This was stupid. But, uh, actually, I don't know if I would call this next match stupid. I would just feel it. it's more disappointing. I think this is, like, this is more disappointing than stupid. That being the United States Championship matchup, which we have Bret Hart defending against Sting. Hey, guys, you want to see a dream match? This is not the place you want to go. First of all, uh, this was pointed out that Sting, you know, with the red face paint and that, like, weird goatee that he was sporting on. Ugh, that's just It looked weird. It was definitely not yeah. something that worked him out. I mean, it seemed like it started off pretty good, but then we got this deal where Bret Hart is acting more out of character than what he would do. Like, when he was in WWE, his heel days were just absolutely phenomenal. But it's really weird seeing him go from that to... Being what a basic heel would do, you know, like whether it's like the low blows, the right to the eyes, uh, there's a point where he actually does a leg drop to a referee who's already knocked out. It's like, why? The guy doesn't deserve that. <laughs> he didn't deserve that. What are you doing? Then we have this deal where uh, Sting actually, I, I think he legitimately knocked himself out during this. Uh, Sting did like a stinger splash to the the corner, but he overdid it. His head might have hit the uh, top turnbuckle uh, turnbuckle, or the the ring post. And then we see Sting getting bashed with his own bat by Bret Hart. Bret Hart would lock in the sharpshooter and Sting would lose via knockout. So this was just a weird setup matchup along with stuff that we're just like, we're not used to seeing Bret Hart doing these things and we kind of don't like them. We don't like these changes. Trust me, folks, it's going to get worse. It's it's only going to get worse, but we're, we're not even there yet. Fretz, your thoughts on the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be versus the icon?
0: It could have been so much better. Uh, uh, you, you know, by Canadian law and just because Bret hurt is that Big Bret Hart fan going into this match. You know, we got in the Sharpshooter versus the Scorpion Deathlock. Put in rugged Ronnie Garvin, and we got a triple threat. Um, Loud Bret Hart sucks Chance, Like, he was definitely healing up at this point in time. I think this was, yeah, this was before he had a short-lived affiliation with the NWO. Uh, You know, your, your basic Bret Hart technical match, but I think, you know, he could still go at this point in time, but I think... Um, age injuries and maybe WCW frustration because he's been there for a year at this point in time and he it's well documented that he did not like his time in WCW he was not used proper uh, I did not like that he got a—he got the breast knucks involved he didn't get to use them uh, hits the low blow Sting accidentally blindsides the Wrath. let's see they have like a there's there's a spot where the ref is down. They Irish whip into the corner and like jump over him on the way. I thought it was really funny. And then they hit a superplex and land on Billy Silverman's legs, like he's already oh, God. down.
1: Jeez. Stop
0: and he's already <laughs> dead. Um Uh I loved the spot of um of Bret Hart locking in the sharpshooter to the unconscious sting. And then, you know, I think there was a line in here from Bobby Heenan uh, on Silverman, who was down. He's been hanging out with Scott Hall all week! Uh Oh!
1: (laughs) Wow. And then uh, Bret Hart's theme, it had like a really bad rip-off
0: of his (laughs) intro in WWE. And this one sounded more like, um... Do you know this song Pound Cake by Van Halen that starts off with Eddie Van Halen taking a power drill to his a guitar? Like, woo! Woo! Let's do it. It's good. because Eddie Van Halen is one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Fight
1: me. Um, yeah, and what's... No! <laughs> you just... So, oh, my God. Let me let me just explain what... I love
0: page my notes. It's I, I,
1: I, I, lo- I love how it was the perfect reaction. Had we... Have the kind of deal where we actually had like face cam for this podcast. Just that reaction was just priceless. Just literally him just turn the page. Just go like, oh, what's the next match? Oh, fuck. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen. We are at the bottom of the barrel. When it comes to how this night. Could possibly get worse. Hollywood Hogan. Versus the Warrior. A match that. The legendary Dave Meltzer has rated a minus five star rating. Let's talk about why, <coughs> shall we? Let's 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 go into a little deeper depth of this. So entrances okay. Startup, Okay. Get five minutes into the matchup. I I don't understand what's going on. Little later on in the matchup they do the whole deal where they're Showing tests of strength and they're doing this stuff like, uh, uh, what, what? It gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It literally feels like time is just pausing every time these guys do moves to each other. And what could possibly go wrong? I mean, the finish had to at least meant something. Oh, it was. It was something. So, the original finish was literally supposed to be Hogan has a nice fireball, lights it up in the face of of the Warrior, and that's basically what it was, and that was it. That's how it happened. We see Hogan struggling to get this fireball going, lights it up, doesn't even get close to the Warrior, literally looks like he burns himself. By accident. He did. How the hell do you manage to do that? It's it's not that hard. Just, ugh. So, the match was a botch. How do we handle a fixed deal? We improvise. Something that the warrior, God rest his soul, is not exactly the best at doing. So, we just see a cluster of people coming in. We get a steel chair shot. Boom! Warrior gets taken down. One, two, three. Mercifully, the match is over.
0: (sighs) After 20
1: minutes... 20 minutes of my life wasted. I... (sighs) I literally felt like it was Slenderman all over again. I wanted to just get up, walk away, not turn back, and just call it a day. That was not the case, because I thought, well, maybe there's a better ending for this, the match itself. No. Just no. We got one more matchup. It's okay. It's okay. It's just one more matchup. It's fine. My God. You talk about one of the most botchy ridiculous and most scarring, mentally scarring, emotionally scarring matchups you have ever seen. That is how I describe Hogan versus Warrior 2.
0: My notes are the following. Mania 6 rematch. Bad ripoff Warrior theme. No, no, no. No, no, no. Lock suck match. Horace, Terza, Hulk wins.
1: <laughs> God damn it! Oh, this was a literal horror movie for us. This was the worst thing that we probably could have seen. And we've seen a lot of crazy shit. We've seen a woman, basically say, "Hey, I got the girl covered. Count it. She's on her belly, not on her back." Oh. Flip her over. We've seen a redhead call Ginger Mahal. Ginger Mahal. We... Have you seen Heroes of Wrestling? God help us. <laughs> there, you talk about like a display of just absolute trash. That is definitely what the. How, how is the. This matchup is basically the embodiment of what Heroes of Wrestling was. Except for one thing. I think there was like one matchup on that entire card that was actually worth watching. That was that, uh... Was that the, the the Tully Blanchard versus Barry Windham match? Something like that? Oh, yeah. I think that was like the only matchup there that was worth watching. Everything else sucked. And the crowd could not give a crap about it. And then just... Ugh. It's just horrible. So, I think I'd much rather watch Heroes of Wrestling again than this match again. That's how bad it was, and that's a strong statement. But I, I stand by it. You know what? We, we we're done talking about this. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. We go to the main event, which is DDP challenging Bill Goldberg for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Major improvements from the previous matchup. Unfortunate that so many people had to miss out on that because WCW didn't contract the pay-per-view providers and said, hey, we're going to be going a little over. Can we just send you a check or some shit? Uh, I will say this, that Cena versus Brock is definitely one of the most one-sided world title matches I've seen. You want to talk about physical? I think that this like first 10 minutes... If not five minutes of this matchup definitely are the personification of what a physical world title match is. These guys are literally in like a collar and elbow tie-up. Literally just going around the ring. There's a spot where they literally lock each other up and go through the second ropes onto the outside. It is a physical deal. You feel the emotion. You feel the physicality. It feels literally like, oh my god, they're trying to tear each other apart. For what? For the world heavyweight title. I believe it. I totally believe it. So awesome. Just absolutely amazing. Plus, we got one of the greatest diamond cutters of all time. Bill Goldberg goes for the jackhammer. That DDP's like, you know what? I'm just going to turn it around. Diamond cutter. Boom. Had DDP not taken as long as he did, we would have had a new WCW champion but he was just so exhausted from the matchup. You could definitely tell he did everything he could, crawls the cover, one, two, Goldberg kicks out. And the crazy thing is that nobody kicked out of the diamond cutter before then. It was that much of a... It was that much of a, of a... It was a move that was definitely, definitely protected. So for this situation... It was a strong exception. It was like, okay, we accept it because of the fact that unlike WrestleMania 19 where it took 30 seconds and they still somehow got the pinfall victory, DDP, he took a little too long, Goldberg kicks out. Okay, so WCW has the logic there. Goldberg wins with his classic jackhammer, retains the championship, continues his undefeated streak. Oh, was this just an absolutely... Beautiful, beautiful matchup. This was my match of the night. It was great. DDP and Goldberg definitely brought out the best in each other. I wish we had more of this. Not nowadays, but just more of these kind of matches. Because it was awesome.
0: Yeah, that... um spot where they tussled through the through the second rope is exactly when the pay, pay-per-view feed cut off. And I didn't see the rest of this match until, well, um, I think actually I did it for the review purposes of this show and that jackhammer into the diamond cutter was a great reversal. Like, DDP, this is a man that started his in-ring career when he was like, what, my age? I'm 35. He might not have been much younger than me when he's sp- Started his in-ring career. Like me, the thought of me taking a bump now just makes my fused spine quiver. But my God, um, you know, there's a spot where like there's a, a taunt off. Goldberg did a backflip. Um, wow. Uh, we saw like some, there was some great action back and forth. The crowd was just really hot for both. Uh, they loved Goldberg, but I think they uh, they wanted to see DDP as champion a little bit more, but. He would be the champ in 99, although I don't know if he did it as a heel or a face, but DDP had a run, um, and unfortunately this was the... Uh, no, no, Bill had one more title defense after this before he would lose his streak to uh, Kevin Nash and a cattle prod. Uh, yeah, there was a spot here where like the spear hurt Bill Goldberg. He was working over like a shoulder injury. And when I saw that spear hurt him spot, I was instantly reminded of that nitro in uh, in Toronto, where uh, Bret Hart had the suit of armor under the under the Leafs jersey, and Bill Goldberg speared him like ah. Uh, and it makes and it makes me happy not only because it was a Leafs jersey, not only because it was a tie-dye jersey, but because uh, it was Bret Hart getting one up getting one up on Bill and outsmarting him. Yeah. But if I had to
1: melt through this show, I might get a 5.5 out of 10. Whew, that's rough. The only saving graces, like I said, were a couple of the matches. Like, the starting match, the ending match, were great. Uh, I definitely would say Disco and Hoovy were definitely, I think, the third matchup on there that I would say was really good. Other than that, everything felt like it was either a waste of time, stupid stipulations, or just... <sighs> Complete disaster. Uh, I would give this one a. I'm gonna give it a C minus just because of the fact that you know you still have you know great a couple of great matches, but this does not entirely save it. I would have gone a step lower, but I think that the main event is what saved the entire, entire show. Even though the feet cut off halfway through it during that collar and elbow tie up. So, yeah, honestly, I think that's the best way that I could possibly describe this show. Has some highlights, but overall, absolute shit. I'm sorry, but it just it just was. but I mean, I say we go a step further and uh <laughs> we cut we kind of do a WWE horror event in which it has hey two great matches involved in it. But it seemed like everything else kind of sucked. Especially one match in particular. So next week, you guys, be sure to tune in. Because we're going to be reviewing WWE No Mercy 2002. Oh. That was the only reaction I needed. So guys, be sure to check us out on Twitter at LegendaryJF at RealFNGame. Attic underscore wrestle. Be sure to check out everybody else of the Wrestle Attic Radio family. The Gift of Podcast, The Kings of the Ring, The Not Your Mama Soap Opera, The Fourth Wall wrestle cast And hey, do you like all this extra? Do you like this content? Well, be sure to check us out on our Patreon. We have more extra content, just like Mister Fred said. He has a lot of great content there. Legend uh, Mister JF Jeff Hamacio. He's got so much great content there as well. So much stuff, and it's only for five. That is less than a WWE Network subscription. It is. Because you're paying, what, $9.99? $5 a month. You're getting extra stuff. You're getting a lot of great stuff at our Patreon page. We are working our way to building up this empire that is the Attic Radio Network to something even bigger and better, you guys. So definitely do not miss out on so many other great things that are going to be coming in the future. I have been saying this for a while now. I am working my way. To get back on doing uh, more interviews with people, whether it be local wrestlers, whether it be the pros, whoever it may be, I am definitely on the road of working on that. Maybe it'll be a Patreon exclusive, or maybe it is going to be for you guys out here. I mean, we can't always have you know, be charged for everything, so maybe it's just one of those things where I'll just continue making this thing a free deal. Never know. But until then, you guys, we got another crazy, we, we got a crazy weekend of wrestling. My God. ACW for me on Saturday, you guys. Be sure to just drop a, if you did and you said hello. Much appreciated. Uh, also, we got Hell in the Cell. Hopefully, we got more matches than just the three because this is probably the first time in a long time we've only had three matches put on here, I feel like this is going to be like a last-minute booking decision to be like, oh, crap, what can we put together here? Um, uh, 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 let's put let's put the tag team titles and the New Day together. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, let's have... Uh, 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 um, 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 what's the Intercontinental Championship doing right now? Let's have Mustafa Ali and uh, Nakamura fight again. Uh, 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 let's have this happen. Let's have this happen. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do because they got a couple hours to fill up and if they don't fill up with at least... Five more matches. This is going to be a very interesting show. An hour-long Ironman match with Firefly Funhouse in there. You know what? I'm okay with a one-hour episode of Firefly Funhouse to take off the entire Hell in a Cell deal. That would just be amazing.
0: Ah, uh, so good. Yeah, so be, be sure, we, we had our plugs out there. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at the legendary TheLegendaryJF. Uh, Fretzelmania has, I don't know what, I just put out something on my old blog, actually, that was from Rant with Ant's now defunct website, shout out to Ant, we love you, um, I think you're anticipating, I think he's anticipating the arrival of his, um, new baby girl, uh, this weekend, apparently, um, so, big, big love and big shout out to you, Ant, uh, and yeah, and guess you're the reason we're here, so thank you for that, and, yeah, props to your family, uh, I don't know what's coming up from the, from the Fretzelmania podcast, I might hook up something there, but this month i got to start watching uh, No Mercy 99 before uh, and I got a look into No Mercy 02, and I've been listening to the Ruthless Aggression podcast with Kyle and Levi, and they, I was actually listening to the No Mercy episode last night, so it'll be fresh on my mind, because <laughs> those two guys, they're hilarious. Uh, like, seriously, check them out too. Uh, yeah, that's that—that's that, it for for. Plugs on my
1: side of the fence. Well, guys, if you enjoyed the Game Changer podcast, be sure to check out the pop culture section of it, where this past week we talked about the build up to the Joker movie that is premiering right now, as well as talking about the birds of prey, as well as many other things. There, guys, be sure to also check out my co-host on her Facebook fan page. Leave a like, be, leave a comment, be respectful, of course, and honestly, uh, so you guys, thank you so much for listening in. It's with the, if it word for you guys, we probably would be just two crazy guys just talking out a podcast, oh wait never mind um, also going to give a shout out to all of our great fans, a part of the hashtag facepalm club because those guys are absolutely amazing including major shout outs to Rachel and Kayla who I think were like the lone people that were talking throughout the uh, uh, the chats that we were involved in so thank you too for kind of carry, carrying the horse with that one and guys, we'll talk to you in the next episode, where we will definitely be dealing with another horrific event that will probably scar us. Because, well, two words: no, no, not bringing that name up until next week. So we have a week. Yeah, you know what? I feel like this. I feel like that show could suck it. But for right now, what's the summary of this show? Um, wrestling has some horror theme stuff, and it's not for the entertainment value. It's for us to have nightmares for the rest of our lives, probably. For Mr. Fretz, I've been Nate the been Great. We are Game Changers. Be sure to be one, too. Talk to you the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. I, I, I need a drink. Oh, please.
0: One saver card, you earn four percent cash back on dining and entertainment. That's four percent cash back on milkshakes with extra whipped cream and four percent to get extra loud at the show. The Capital One Saver card earn four percent on dining and four percent on entertainment. What's in your wallet?
1: Hey guys, it's Taylor. You can buy my new album, Lover, at TaylorSwift.com.
0: Terms apply Capital One Bank USANA. Is your cell phone bill out of control? Then this is your wake-up call. The new TrackPhone Wireless gives you unlimited talk and text starting at $20 a month, no contract, plus unlimited carryover data with active service. Yep, the new TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com.